0: Jessica Hundley. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, I I wanted to kind of start a little bit, start this off talking a little bit about Jess. I've known Jess for quite a long time and been a big fan of her work. And... Um, I feel like this book is sort of a culmination of all the work she's done before this Um, and as a journalist I spent a lot of time writing about other people and trying to put my voice in there and my sort of take in there and Jess has done a lot of amazing work for a lot of musicians doing incredible, she just did the Cat Stevens merch and um, but there's always, again, there's always her voice in there and this book is so wonderful because it's finally just Jess's voice <laughs> which is an amazingly unique and hilarious and moving um, voice. So I, I just, I, I thought, I know Jess very well, but I wanted to get everyone to get to know her a little bit more because this book is very personal, um, I think, and, and very much um, coming from her soul. Um, so I just, I kind of wanted to start a little bit about if you could tell everyone about where you grew up and um, a little bit about how your childhood and your experiences as a kid may have influenced this piece. I grew up on... First of all, thank you for that.
1: Awesome. Those kind words means a lot. And um, yeah, I, I grew up on Long Island. Um, and I grew up uh, as an only child in a home where... Uh, with a handicapped parent and you sort of kind of make imaginary friends as to get you through the day so it was always like um, the Muppets and cartoons and uh kind of entertainment were my friends. Um, I would get like super emotional watching The Muppet Show or watching Disney cartoons or um, reading books and so and drawing was a super early way that I was able to express and I think I still kind of carry that because I feel like this book, people think it's a children's book but it's actually you know the characters sort of represent a, a child's eyes that's sort of going through things when you're an old soul, and um, that's kind of you know always always been a way of me to communicate through drawing
0: um you you have these amazing characters in there, and I'm just sort of interested in maybe we could click through a little bit and and if you could kind of you know tell us a little bit about. Each of these characters, and um, also the one that there is a character in here that maybe if you can tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind and the evolution of this book, because some of these some of these characters have been in your world for a really long time, um, and some are making their debut. <laughs> um, maybe talk a little bit about about how this book came to be and these characters kind of evolved for you. Yeah, I
1: I, I started um <coughs> doing this <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing this book I, I really was trying to put this um graphic novel together called Paradise for a really long time. And um so some of the characters in um board are from that. But for some reason it wasn't um not that it needed a narrative, but it wasn't as cohesive as, you know, but I I feel like um, lately I have such a struggle with being in the moment, and so that's where the kind of I'm bored theme came to light, because I actually realized that being bored is a super rare, beautiful thing these days, because we're constantly not bored. Um, You can wait online for your groceries and you're not bored you're looking at something Um, and you know things pop in your head I actually feel dumber than ever before (laughs) even though I'm constantly looking at things like people ask me things and my brain is like mush pie because I'm just we're constantly looking at things and I think that um, that theme of like having everything but at the end of the day being like I'm bored you know, that's kind of what brought these characters together.
0: Um, can Can you uh, tell us a little bit about? Can I go this like this? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, each each character is kind of like a little
0: alter ego.
1: So I would say that um, this wizard in particular is I mean you never see a wizard struggling the wizard's always finding the solution so uh, I thought it was kind of you know funny to me to see this wizard being like I'm trying getting there am I relevant like um, you know and, and that's you know kind of what he represents the daily struggles Um, and there's an ostrich who's like totally depressed and single and you know (laughs) hitchhiking around and there's you know um, a a dog that is not cool anymore and he represents age to me (laughs) Um, (laughs) and feeling relevant and um, gosh uh, him (laughs) this actually this drawing um, that monster I made when I was 19 um that exact drawing, so um, and it's actually one of my favorites in the book, I don't know why it,
0: it stayed true, but you know, just him holding a balloon it's like, get up <laughs> so. and he so he's been around for a long time, and he's how did around. he make his way into to this, did, was it something that you were coming back to him a lot and he kind of was like I want to be included, or um, <laughs> he called me It's <laughs> <laughs> was like, hey <laughs>
1: Um, he, I actually was just looking at an archive of um, old stuff that I'd done, and I found this particular piece, and I was actually really like, "Oh, I, I did that." I was feeling the same way. <laughs> so I've always been a, you know, sixty-year-old woman stuck in a, you know, nineteen-year-old <laughs> old soul. But yeah, that I, I felt like that's the sentiment of this piece really was ringing true, and. Um, so that's, I kind
0: of brought him back. Um, you know, this is obviously these are, are amazing one panel comics, but there is this kind of thematic thread through this book. There is this sort of narrative. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the sort of themes that you were exploring when you were, were doing this and, and how you sort of saw it, how it sort of evolved and sort of started to come together as a cohesive piece? Yeah, I mean, I saw it as kind of a variety
1: show. So it was this weird, like thinking back as a child and watching the Muppet Show and laughing, and these sort of recurring characters that happen. That's that's kind of how I saw on on board to be, and hopefully these characters will live on in other incarnations. But um, a lot of it is kind of frustration, and I mean, there's hope, of course, but in a panel like this this ostrich is about to like spill her guts and this man is drawing a pair of boobs (laughs) little does she know which is how I feel a lot when I'm talking to people (laughs) but um, yeah I, I, I think it's just like god the world is like super weird right now and everyone is kind of in their own pod and who are we really talking to and like I don't know. It's just it's a it's a strange time to navigate, I think. And you know, obviously this one it's like who will be the next person I hope will like me is also who are, who's going to be my hero next or like who is going to help influence drive for me to do something else. And I think that that's kind of it's it's all it, it's not dark, but it's it's just a lot of dealing with and, and questioning sort of where we are right now and creativity is hard as
0: it is right now too mm-hmm. which is you know a theme in there as well I, I like I I like the way he he's phrasing or she I don't know is the dog. Oh. It's Pat, <laughs> asexual canine. Um, I like that the way that it's phrased. It's like not who who will I like next, but who will be the next person to like me. <laughs> yeah. Not about you liking someone. It's just about who's next to like like me. Whoever they are, they're it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see their records. Let's talk a little bit about music. Uh, music obviously has been a big part of your life from the beginning, um, and you've worked with a ton of musicians. You, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the kind of music you listened to growing up and how that music maybe ha- affected your artwork. Yeah, I, I'm super influenced by. Um
1: Music of the 60s and 70s, and my dad's record collection was obviously a huge influence. And um, the art on the album covers that also f- scared me, and some were like friends, and you know, and some were just so fascinating, like Al Stewart's Year of the Cat, I could just stare at and pretend I was in their world. And um, I think. The music of that era just always connected with me and still to this day. And um, I, I feel like there's a lot of soul in that music and um, freedom. And I feel like that music represents a time of not being very self-aware, which I feel like we're definitely living in a self-aware time right now. Everyone's kind of Civil War reenactment, so... <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I always I, I think maybe partly that music still reminds me of my dad or uh, takes me to a time, it, it takes its time machine, really, and, uh, but, but for some reason, the visuals and the ideas come from that era, and I, I can't in, in all kinds of genres, and I can't really put my finger on why.
0: And you just did all the tour merch for Cat Stevens' tour. How do you work when you're working with a musician? How do you you kind of go back and forth? What's the process in terms of creating the imagery that goes with the music?
1: Um... Well, sometimes they have an agenda. <laughs> um, but I think... Uh, I, I worked directly with him and his son on on that project, and it was super cool, and we, we got to... I think he had in mind a lot of what he wanted for that project, and um, we got to do a Harold and Maude one, and obviously portraits of himself through his career. So I think it was... That one was... Uh, pretty on point like we didn't really need to go to the imagination station to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to get more ideas but um, yeah I think some, some artists again like kind of what you're saying a lot of artists sort of have in mind how they want to be portrayed and that's why this book was a treat because it was mm-hmm. just finally a vo- uh, my voice being able to go free
0: I know that you were working, you know, you had the graphic novel that you were working on. What made you decide to do, to work in this specific medium of the one panel, kind of classic one panel, Gary Larson, you know, this this very classic form. Um, you know, because you work in a lot of different mediums. Um, I love this one. Um, but can you talk a little bit about why this particular form is is what you end, ultimately ended up wanting to work in. I think we there was an
1: Edward Gorey book that we were looking at that was really nice the way it was kind of one panel. Obviously Gary Larson's the far side and um I think uh I, and again that variety show like I picture you when
0: you turn the page it's like a little curtain we like you know who's the next <laughs> scenario <laughs> Well, I think it's also interesting because it is, I mean, books inherently are this sort of, you know, maybe antiquated form in some degree, but also sort of forces you to really spend time with something and really... um, sit with it I just I, you know I mean anyone that read The Far Side it's like you had those books and you would just reach out and look at them all the time even though you'd seen them a million times and you'd sort of notice different details and, um, and I think a theme that kind of runs through this book as well is just sort of um that idea of really sitting with a concept and sitting with an image and sort of taking your having your own experience with it. Um, when you talk about being bored, I feel like you are maybe talking about this kind of blank slate meditative state that is very hard to come by nowadays because you're kind of constantly bombarded. Um what do you kind of you know this one for instance? I mean, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> one of the major themes is sort of this insecurity. I'm a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, just if you can kind of tell us a little bit more just about the the like what what do you kind of hope people take away from this book?
1: I wanted to be like a little friend because. I think that we're all not alone in this and (laughs) oops (laughs) Um, and I think that you know it's something to take with you that's why we chose to do it such a small size and um, to go back to it sometimes it's going to make you snicker sometimes it's going to make you cry because it's really going to connect with you uh, one panel maybe more um but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's done with so much warmth and trying to comment on, you know, sort of daily salvation and um, successory posters of the 70s. But, you know, I, I just... I want people to feel connected to it in a way that it's their friend. Mm-hmm. And these wizards and walruses and weird characters <laughs> got their back in a way Um, but I think a a big one that people connected with was the um, keep going one Mm -hmm. where um, a girl is talking to her younger self
0: Um, I think it's coming up this is this is my favorite one of the whole book it says so much (laughs) it does (laughs) Not just about men and women, but just everyone 's <laughs> basically not really thinking about you they 're thinking about themselves, no matter who they are i 'm hungry the sequel two thousand seventeen this is this one. one
1: a lot of people um, email me about this one because it 's basically her talking to her younger self being like, "How am I doing?" the younger self saying, "Keep going and it's just that one is a heavy one for me too, because you don 't want to lose your imagination your younger self your if if you could sit with your younger self at a table and share what you've been doing would they be would they improve <laughs> you know um, yeah. and I think that that's also you know obviously age is a huge theme of this book as well so um, yeah I just it's the book is supposed to connect with people in the, in the respect of you're not alone and things are crazy and whatever, we just keep going. Have some pizza. <laughs>
0: um, should we do questions? Does anyone have any questions? I
1: have a question. Um, can you talk a little bit about your technique in general? Yeah. Like when you conceptualize something, how long it takes from that to completion, and starting and stopping
0: over, what kind of materials you use?
1: Yeah, I always use the same pen. I use a Micron pen. Um, I just started drawing in digital, so that's a new world. But, um, yeah, I I usually... The best ideas I used to get were on airplanes um, because I had no distractions, and then JetBlue got Wi-Fi. So (laughs) I'm totally fucked. But um, I... Yeah, I, I get the ideas when I'm bored. So I think that says something too because it's when I'm really feeling emotional or on an airplane which I'm always emotional on an airplane um, and and on a hike or, or something I, I think that that's when the sayings or ideas pop up and what character would
0: be saying it in sort of the
1: scenarios so
0: and you also use I mean a lot of this is black and white but you also use color um you know, to your point, maybe talk a little bit about the, the specifically the watercolors, like these sort of uh, details.
1: Yeah, so I always draw on the micron pen and always scan it on, and usually fill it either with watercolor, which is done by hand, and then kind of finagle it or
0: drop color digitally. Anyone else?
1: talked about musical influences and artists. What about comedians? Because I know. Uh, I mean, you're I, a really funny person. Uh, <laughs> there's a sweetness to it, and I think about your love of the Muppets and other things. Yeah, sure. the Muppets were always hilarious to me, because I feel like they have hidden black comedy that people don't pick up on <laughs> enough. But I, all the Saturday Night Live stuff, I mean, John Candy, there might have must have been a velvet painting of him in our house. I mean... <laughs> He was just <laughs> huge. Um, yeah, I would say the old legends were kind of big influence. Mm-hmm. you
0: know, the Belushi's, the Bill Murrays, the Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this guy? Ooh, It's a
1: <laughs> suicidal robot. <laughs> he's, also,
0: to do it. <laughs> he's also a transvestite, Yes, right? It's a suicidal trend. Transvestite robot. <laughs> he never jumps, though. <laughs> he never jumps. So it's no, a happy ending happy is, for that him. That is from paradise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you... Does anyone else have a question? Uh, when, you, when you have, um,
1: like, you know, bubbles or words with the dip drawings do you usually come up with the idea first
0: or the drawing first and then try and find like the caption or does
1: it all happen in one? I feel like the caption comes first. I feel like I'm in the car and I'm like, do I need to be cool?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then I go home and assess the situation. <laughs>
0: yes, you do. At all times. I was going to ask a question. Just, um... I, I see kind of like a um, '60s
1: animation or something, like a '70s animation, like a Ralph Bakshi lizards kind of thing. I'm wondering if um, you ever considered doing that, or if you ever watched that for inspiration or something like that. Stay tuned <laughs> on that. But um, huge influence on Bakshi was like also huge Im- influence. Um, all of those like. Heroes and, and Crumb and and um, heavy metal, all that animation is a huge in
0: here. <laughs> Stay tuned
1: as far as you're working.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this panel because we have these, it's the first time we see the characters together. They've escaped their border and... Uh, the ostrich is hooked up with the wizard, <laughs> um, and I do feel I feel like this is a great panel, and in, in that it it shows the kind of what what you were saying about the sort of sweetness that underlies the sort of rolled eye frustration with the world, um, and there is hope. Um, you will find your ostrich and your wizard. <laughs>
1: But you should always I mean I love this this phrase hope is where the home is because it hope does feel like home sometimes and I think it's it's what drives you or and I feel like you know, a lot of people throw that out and it's a real privilege to keep the silly and keep the hopes
0: and um yeah. Last question, unless someone else yeah, has yeah, a,
1: a question. yeah. This is actually a non-book related question, but just having followed your work for a long time, uh, has it been easy for you? Because you've moved into more mediums than I think anyone I know, and you just described you know how you use this one particular pen. Has that been an easy process for you to be able to float into all these different mediums and work? You know, kind of collaborate with the simple way that you work yeah, I think I feel like now it feels really comfortable, but I feel like you can tell previously that I was searching for like the right. Um, and even you know, looking at some of the drawings for this book or looking in the archives. I, I feel like you can see I was kind of still finding my way a little bit. Um, and I feel like now. It feels super comfortable, and I think time helped, and figuring out what medium to use and pens and stuff. So, and also having the restrictions of having a deadline
0: with this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's JC. He's the publisher, by the way. Um, I, you you answered this a little bit, I think, and and the last question is is sort of you know the title of this book, why do you feel like it's important? for people to be bored um, especially now when we are always sort of uh, engaged in some way I mean I think that's where
1: you come from and I think that's where originality and ideas and um, reflections come from but I think we're all afraid of that right now because you can you know, really go into a hole of looking up things, getting dumber. We have rule now <laughs> at the house: <laughs> no phones after a certain time. But yeah, I think um, I think you know you need to have you need to have that struggle to feel bored. You need to like struggle a little bit. I mean, if we're all like you know spoiled with searching for things every second or looking at other people's lives every second and liking things and blah, blah, blah. We're kind of losing the plot a little bit. (laughs) So, and and especially as a creative, to make things, you have to go to that place, and it's really hard to go to that place if you have a million distractions.
0: All right. Hi. Hi. So i me known you through friends for
1: a long time and I don't know if we spent that much time together, but
0: I really enjoyed all
1: the work you've
0: done on Lightning Attic. Thank you. And I've been looking at that stuff for years, so it
1: was really cool to see your book finally come out. And oh, thank you. See see like, what's inside your head. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful what you do for other people,
0: but it's really cool what you've done for yourself. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out of any of the characters in your book, who would you want to hang out with for like a night out? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Who do you want to party with? Yeah. <laughs> um hmm.
1: <laughs> that guy's pretty I think that monster's got something to say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think for different reasons. I mean, are we talking a night out? <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: I think I, I'm going to go with well i got to say the walrus on
0: the cover he knows what's up <laughs> he likes ACDC so
1: he's actually not in the book <laughs> because I felt like his spirit was so strong I didn't need to put him in the book because I think his face just puts it all there
0: and the back of his
1: head and the back of his head yeah.
0: I was thinking like about that because like, these these characters reappear in the book. Um but are you still do you think you're still creating more characters? Are they still like are there still characters that come out or are these the ones you're you kind of like like the Muppets you're like working with them over time?
1: Yes. Um I think there's more to come. Yeah. It's it's fun creating characters. I think these have these guys have more to say. But um yeah, it's really fun creating characters. I wish I did more in this book. The panels with the phone messages seem so different than everything else There's no characters. wondering how they fit in the book. So the way that sequence is connected, it's actually an, an actual uh, voicemail from my, mom, from my parents' answering machine that was like, leave the name and number at the time, no. the heavy New York Jew Long Island accent <laughs> but it's it's, it's basically a, a voicemail, they're not there so it's just, it's, it's kind of a sequence of like the entire voicemail but they're not at the other end of the phone plus I miss answering machines Yeah. No. and Wait, also this is all based on wallpaper that was in my house at the time so <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so
1: much, guys. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget you can listen to this and all our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.